0: Well, I have been waiting all weekend to talk to Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun, and he joins us now. Good morning, Vaughn. Good
1: morning, Simi. Okay,
0: those results. Come on, let's talk about this. So two by-elections on the weekend, both of them won by the NDP, but it wasn't so much as the winners here that we're interested in as in the people who came after that.
1: Yeah, good news for the NDP, uh... They were expected to win, but they not only won, they won handily. But the real good news for the NDP is what happened to the opposition parties, particularly B.C. United. Uh, Look at Langford. B.C. United finished fourth in the riding formerly held by John Horgan. And the only reason they didn't finish last is because there was a communist candidate there. So, I mean, uh, you can't find anything to cheer about for BC United here. And
0: Can we compare Kevin, it to previous elections? Like, how did they do in the last couple of elections? Uh,
1: well, they've dropped from about 30% of the vote there in that riding 10 years ago down to a rounding error in terms of their share of the vote in that riding. So, you know, the, the, the other riding, Mount Pleasant, is not really a big deal, but uh, less than 10% of the vote in a suburban Victoria riding with a lot of populist sort of middle-class voters. I mean, Kevin Falcon is supposed to be crafting a strategy to appeal to those people, but the the two things he's got trouble explaining here, I think, and it's going to be interesting to hear what he says. I mean, first of all, the name change didn't go anywhere uh, with voters. I think a lot of voters went BC United. What's that? They did recognize, however, BC Conservatives. They're on the ballot. They take 20% of the vote coming from nowhere. Look, conservatives haven't even run a candidate in that riding for 20 years. The conservatives haven't been a major factor in most ridings in British Columbia for decades.
0: Okay, was it about the message? Let's talk about the different message then between BC United and the conservatives.
1: So that's a good point. I mean, first of all, name recognition. Right, the, the BC United is a new name. They've only been around for three months. Uh, I think it was a mistake to change their name, but in any way they did it, so nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. And organizers say that on the doorstep. Well, go to the Conservatives. The Conservatives got two things right in Langford. The first is they had a recognizable name that is getting a lot of publicity nationally. Pierre Polyev has made the Conservative brand. Very popular in a lot of corners here in British Columbia. Second thing is, the conservatives picked a good candidate. They picked a local realtor, Mike Harris. And what Harris did is the message to the Conservatives. He did not go heavily on this anti-trans stand that the Conservatives' candidate, Social Conservative candidate, took in Vancouver-Mount Pleasant. He went on bread-and-butter issues. He said, we're going to look at transit in the region. We're going to deal with taxes in the region. He picked issues that resonated with the voters. So it's a by-election. It's low turnout, Simi but a double challenge to Kevin Falcon. His name isn't connecting with the voters, and the Conservative name is connecting with the voters.
0: Okay, and that was clearly the case in Langford. But let's talk about what went like right for them over in Mount Pleasant.
1: Well, I or guess, more
0: right, I guess we should you say. Know, I
1: mean, look, Mount Pleasant is such a strong NDP seat that it stayed NDP when the party was almost wiped out in 2001. So... There's not an awful lot to be said there. The candidate who won there is going to be an interesting story because Joan Phillip uh, is herself uh, an, an activist in the indigenous community. And in the past, uh, she and her husband, Grand Chief Stuart Phillip, have both been very critical of the NDP on indigenous issues and environmental issues. So. Uh, you know, she'll be a voice in the NDP caucus for a set of views that at the moment are not heavily reflected in NDP policy. So but it's healthy for a party to get somebody like that in their caucus because then it's a voice that they hear from. Right. right? So, <laughs> you know, I I as I said, I, Vancouver-Mount Pleasant, the only thing that's really interesting in Vancouver-Mount Pleasant is the conservative message there didn't connect. And I think it's because their candidate there, Litsky, was um, a hard-line social conservative. Yeah. British Columbia is not a heavily social conservative province. It can be economically conservative. It's certainly populist on issues. And I think that's what worked for the Conservatives over in Langford.
0: Okay, so what do you... Th- and I saw the press release that, the, that BC United put out about we knew this was going to be hard, we knew there was going to be work to do. Clearly, there's a lot more work to do here.
1: Yeah, there's a huge amount of work to do. And look, they're saying, well, you know, what do you expect? We're going to connect in three months? Well, Conservatives connected in about two weeks. So clearly, uh, they knew something about what they were doing there, and clearly, Uh, B.C. United can make as many excuses as they want. They've got one hell of an uphill climb ahead of them, including the logic of the name change in the first place. And the conservatives now have a presence in the B.C. legislature already because Kevin Falcon kicked John Rustad out of the of the opposition caucus. So if he hadn't done that, the Conservatives wouldn't already have a presence in the legislature. So I think, as I said, Simi, there's an awful lot of explaining to do. I think that within the Liberal Party, many haven't accepted either Kevin Falcon, uh, you know, as the right candidate or worse. The name changes. Lots of liberals don't think that was a great idea. And I think they will be vocal and they will be pressure on Falcon to show fairly quickly they're going to turn it around. You know, we've said rebranding, Simi. Rebranding is a very, very expensive exercise, Mm -hmm. you know, and the liberals are still having trouble raising money. They're not really even keeping up with the NDP some weeks. They are. Some months they aren't, but it's expensive. And how are the Liberals going to raise that money, especially when I think some Liberal supporters will be disillusioned by what happened, particularly in Langford?
0: Okay, and what are the potential repercussions of all this? Well, I think the
1: the one really interesting thing is what are New Democrats going to say about it? I mean, first of all, they're very happy with the win. They're very happy that the opposition is divided. And they're happy that... Um, David Eby turns out to be able to hold on to uh, the NDP standing in the province, even though he's certainly not quite the populist charmer that uh, John Horgan was. But will there be voices in the NDP saying, you know, we should be thinking about a snap election? Like, I was looking at John Horgan on election night. Rob Shaw had him on. You know, and Horgan's very funny. He's pointing to the fourth-place finish of BC United. He's making a joke. Horgan is saying, hey, you know what? They might get relegated. So, English football, uh, BC United sounds like a football team. You do badly in the English football league, you get relegated to the second tier. But I'm also thinking, if John Horgan were premier and... Bob Dewar were still his chief political advisor, as he was. Those two guys would be thinking about a snap election for the fall. Why not? The opposition's divided. Uh, You need a mandate. Go for it. Uh, Eby says that's not in the cards, Simi, but I still think that some strong uh, new Democrats who see an opportunity here to carve out another four-year mandate are going to be saying to the Premier, hey, you know, Premier, don't rule it out. Like, you need a mandate? Why don't you think about a fall election?
0: Oh, boy. Even though he has said repeatedly no.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, I need a mandate. Like, that's an argument, right? Always. Uh, I mean, you need an issue, right? And it can blow up in your face, but... I think we saw in 2020 that, you know, people said they didn't want an early election. But when one is called, people go, oh, okay, well, we're having an election. I guess I better figure out who the hell I'm going to vote for. Are you going to vote for a party you never heard of? I mean, they didn't in Langford. Are you going to vote for the conservatives because you like Polyev, this guy who's running federally? Uh, I mean, for the NDP, all of those calculations work because – as we see in Langford, if the opposition, well, in, in Langford they, they won with 53% of the vote. But in closer ridings, you don't need 53% of the vote. All you need is for your opponents to be divided among themselves.
0: Yeah, I could see there's going to be a lot of interesting meetings going on today. Yep. Oh, lots for us to talk about. It'll be Bond. interesting
1: to see what Falcon says when he comes out. And uh, that press release that you referred to doesn't deal with it. He's got some explaining to do, and it'll be interesting to see what he says when he surfaces.
0: It sure will be. All right, Vaughn, thank you.
1: Bye-bye, Cindy.